What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Mike Stilke. He and I are longtime friends. Um, he actually gave me one of my first opportunities to show some art in Los Angeles back in the day. He joined me via Skype from his studio in Altadena, just outside of Los Angeles. I'm super stoked to have him on the show. I've been trying to get him on for a while, and he's been tremendously busy. He's um, doing all sorts of crazy installations, getting the opportunities to travel and do some really cool work. Um, I'm super proud of him. He's a, a sort of self-made man who who is just doing things the way he wants to do. I'm sort of convinced he's some, um, some sort of modern age Buddha. He sat down with me. We talked uh, Awesome Beards, The No Stress Show, My Love For You, Malibu Lake, Giant Parties, Graffiti, Work Ethic, Prepping for Homelessness, Art Piece, Book Sculptures, Pigeonholes, China, Italy, White America, and Cats. So, as always, make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog. You get all the links to all the artists and whatnot. Make sure you go donate some dough if you have the opportunity or if you have the availability to do so. Uh, each blog uh, has a link to PayPal. You can donate to the show. If you donate $10 or more, you'll get a t-shirt from our sponsor, Individual Clothing. Um, they make really rad stuff. You should go check them out at indvsl.com. But donate $10 to the podcast and you'll get a shirt from them. Uh, donate $20 and you'll get one of the new Live Free podcast shirts, which are probably being printed as I record this. Um, I went and dropped off the screens and t-shirts with the printer yesterday, so everything is in order and and ready to go. So go check all that stuff out. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Mike Maxwell Art, and you can follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast. Um, also, we're at all the fan pages and whatnot, so you can get all that stuff on the blog. Click on the links, and you'll get all that shit. So, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Mike Stilke. All right, let's give Mike a call. Yo, brother. Yo, what's up, Mike? What's happening, my friend? Let me oh, uh, yeah. let's get our, let's get our videos up on here. Just hit that uh, camera icon button. Let's see if my shit turns on here. Boo. You see me? See you. Yeah. There he Good. is. Mr. Mike Stilkey. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good. You look awesome. I do? Yeah, your beard is... is oh, it's, it's red and big. Yeah, it's fucking tremendous. It's some yeah. years in that thing. <laughs> hey, do you have those headphones? They're on. Oh, okay, good. You're awesome. Like I said. Uh, I can't see them. They hide in your beard. You know, when I have... When I have uh, when I let my crazy facial hair grow out, I'll hide joints in there sometimes. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, I just hide food, but you know, not intentionally. Chips and things. You just whip your head back like a like an elephant and just grab it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking amazing. So, um, thanks for taking the time to sit down and shoot the shit with me, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, like you said, it's been a long time. I, we haven't seen each other in a few years. That's right. I don't even remember the last time I saw you. I know. I was trying to think. I uh, I was thinking back of how we met um, even further, which I I can remember. But yeah, it's been it's been a moment. We probably saw each other in L.A. somewhere. I would I would assume. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. When was that that San Diego show? Which one? The uh, No Stress. Oh, it's so funny. All the artists from that show keep ending up on the show lately. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm running into them and shit. Shit. Uh, it was a long time ago, man. It's like at least the 2000. I I don't even. I'm not even gonna say a number because I the internet could totally show that I I have no sense of memory. <laughs> really fast. But um, speaking of memory, we uh, we initially met in Los Angeles. The first time we met in real life, um, you were running art piece gallery. That's right. What uh what led you to there? Is that yours or mine? Did your Skype just make a sound, or did? Is I don't that know. I, can't, I keep hearing little chirps. I don't know what that means. I wonder if it's you or me. I bet it's me. Yeah. I'll just ignore him. It won't even let me because we're talking. It doesn't let me do it. Okay. It doesn't let me check the Skype. I think I think that's Megan O'Toole sending me an an I am. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't have any friends besides you on here, so that's not gonna. That's not me. Well, I used to not have any friends on here too, but since I've been doing almost all the podcasts I do are on Skype, since everybody's all over the place, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I ended up. I have a huge list of people that I know on Skype now, which is just because of doing the interviews. No one's ever online. No. You know, no one ever. Or they uses are for it. like two seconds. Yeah, if it's, it's it has to be specific. Yeah. But no, do you know Megan O'Toole? I don't know her. She I does know her work, but I don't know her. Yeah, she does the. Uh, my love for you blog and she just started doing a podcast as well and so oh, right she san francisco yeah yeah right yeah. but um so you and i you and i met in la did you grow up in los angeles i did i did i grew up out just outside of los angeles in this little uh, on this little lake malibu lake sort of in between it's like off of canaan road i'm not sure if you're familiar with the area it's on the way to like ventura sort of you take Cannon Road over to go to Malibu. Right in the middle, there's a weird lake. Huh. Now, does it, you know, for people who, who don't know about L.A., if you say Malibu, you're going to have, like, a an initial connotation of, like, Richie Rich, like, beach community, like, super yeah. uber rich. Now, is that sort of misleading when you talk about oh, yeah, completely. Malibu well, Lake? Not, not now. Now Malibu Lake's really fancy, but when I grew up there, it was... You could buy a house for you know twenty thousand dollars, and it was a big community of hippies and parties, and it was a pretty wild place. So how how was that growing up in that type of environment? I mean, it was great being a kid. We just rampaged, you know. But it was just we were we were known as the Lakeys, and they would ship <laughs> us into like they would ship us into Agora to go to school. That's hilarious. And Agora, that was all rich kids. And so the Lakeys would come in, and, you know, we, we were like the bad kids. You know? <laughs> Is that like the townies of Boston? Probably, yeah. It's funny how, how certain groups of people get, uh, yeah. get ease it, at the end of their names. I know, the Lakeys. <laughs> so do you feel like some of your creative juices were, were, uh, were formulated there in that environment it seems like that's like a perfect sort of uh like nesting bed or like uh you know sort of environment where creativity could sort of flourish for a moment i wouldn't know at the time but you're yeah, pretty young when I, yeah when i when i look back on it i mean it was crazy like my my parents were big time partiers you know my dad was like a rock and roll guy 
he was friends with like Ted Nugent and we'd have these <laughs> like major parties and you know, everyone was doing cocaine and people were running around naked. And, um, I, I grew up in a giant party. That was, it was great being a kid, you know, it was fun. Now I look back on it and I'm like, man, I can't believe my parents did that. Like it's so bad, you know? Yeah. And, and what's so strange is to like, try to look back at it like that. Like yeah. 30 years ago was such a different environment. Like that was just what people did, you know? I look at people from like the late seventies and early eighties, and those motherfuckers are aliens. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that looks Seriously. like a whole different world. I mean, it was crazy, like crazy, just wild times. <laughs> and yet, you know, at, at at each moment, it always feels like, well, that's sort of the norm. That's how that's how we roll, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Did you find that? I think it seems like when kids come up in like a sort of what would be considered like a slightly unstable environment you know where things are are not like a controlled set environment i think a lot of times we see children rebel and sort of get into you know it's easy to see them get into like gangs or like get into trouble um, yeah or on the other hand sometimes they get into like creative avenues and that's why i sort of ask and i think for me, I I sort of came from an a, a pretty unstable environment as through my childhood years as well. So, I think what ends up happening is we look for things that we can control because our environments are so out of control around us. Even at that young age, our sort of subconscious knows that like we we want a little more structure or order. So I think sometimes we'll attach ourselves for like me doing art. I've done it my whole entire life. Part of it was like this attachment to something that I had total control of, like no yeah. one could dictate what it was. And I set all these rules that were followed and there was a, a sort of discipline. And of course, mm -hmm. as kids were like, fuck discipline. Like, I don't want and I still to this day, I'm like, no one's going to discipline me, you know? Yeah. And, but it's funny is I'm exactly the same way, but there was no discipline in my family at all. Like friends would come over and they'd be like, let's stay up all night. And I'd be like, no, let's go to bed early because I didn't have to go to bed, you know, at a certain time. Like I could do whatever I wanted. There was no rules, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't, but I still rebelled. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense now. <laughs> I know. Well, well, what I mean is that, you know, for oftentimes we'll see these creative types come from this certain, ah, I keep using Somebody called me out on using the term creative types too often. And I was like, it's just so all-encompassing, you know, that yeah. it's an easy catchphrase, a big yeah. umbrella phrase. I got to... It seems like people who get into the arts... Yeah. Fucker, ...are more, more often have this sort of unstable beginning into this, this sort of thing. But, you know... Absolutely. For sure. What's amazing is that... You know, typically if we look at a, a kid who comes from a wild background, we're al almost always going to look at that negative. Like, oh, he turned out to be a criminal or he's out being a drug addict or, you know, like all these negative things. But on the sure. flip side of that, there's all these people who become really self-reflective and do something sort of more positive with it. Like, it's almost like I needed that instability to be who I am today. That's very true. I mean, that's... that that you know, relates to me in a big way because, you know, my, like with having no rules, you know, I, I didn't do art growing up at all. Like I skateboarded. That was my thing. Like I was like, I'm a skateboarder. Like this is all I do. 
and I didn't really think about anything, you know, I just kind of whizzed through life and, and, you know, and then everything sort of started come crashing down around me and my family life was bad and drugs. And it was like, just, it was just a bad time. You know, um, I didn't go to school. It was, it was just, I got out of high school, didn't know what to do. And, you know, my parents, that's when my parents were really heavy into drugs. And that's when I started doing art, you know, it was probably my early twenties. And, uh, and it was just this big escape. It was the one place I could go that I felt okay. You know, and I see, I know that's exactly what you're talking about, but yeah. it was really, truly like I escaped into art. Yeah. And that's, um, sometimes it, there's that fine line there that I, and I talked about this with, um, Lola and Crayola yeah. about escapism, like the, the fine line between putting your mind into a sort of, uh, healthy positive state as opposed to like i'm totally avoiding reality right now and hiding in this new world for a moment which yeah. i think there is oftentimes equal amount of both but it's I important both, to find yeah. out. <laughs> i definitely did both for a long time so what kind of what kind of stuff did were you starting to make in your early 20s what were you doing um i was doing graffiti actually the I had some guy live, I had some graffiti writer live with me and, and we let him live in our garage. And so I kind of hung around those guys a lot. And I, I thought it was such a great, it was so fun. You know, they, they would just go out in the middle of the night and do this. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, so I started going out with them and, you know, got in the usual trouble. <laughs> and, and, and then I just, you know, you, I realized like how gnarly those guys are like you have to commit your life to it and I, I didn't want to do that I just wanted to go out and paint so that's when I kind of started doing my own thing at the same time there's still uh, like a, an artistic work ethic that comes from graffiti because I think oh, I, for sure I lived yeah. with this kid that was super super prolific in San Diego in the 90s and just the amount of work that he did outside plus what I saw him do inside while he's working on paintings or sketching in a book was super inspirational and it almost seems as though catching those moments of seeing the that ethic made it uh made it more open to to doing art as a as a thing all the time you know yeah they're they're such hard workers they're constantly working they're always drawing on something you know it's like i loved that about it it was it was so much fun you know and and there's a a certain school that you, you, you learn about like, oh, that person's doing that. You don't do that. You know, that a lot of people don't learn in the, in the art world. You know? Yeah, because it, it's it usually like, you get an ass whooping if you get caught slipping yeah, like that. Yeah, right? you, you know, that's it. Man. <laughs> yeah, the rules so, of the street are a little different than the rules inside. So, yeah, I, li I love the rules and I love the work ethic. And um, that, that's sort of what I took into my own work when I started doing so at what point did you decide to start showing your work? Was it when you when you opened that space? Is it are, are yeah, around that time? About that time. Um, I just yeah, I had a just crappy job after crappy job. And, I, you know, I was dating this girl. I wasn't happy. I just wasn't happy in life. And I just decided one day that's it. Like, I'm not going to work anymore. And I quit my job like that day. Nice. And I went home and I donated my car. <laughs> really really terrible idea and they came and picked up my car and I had a bike and I had no money and this girl was like you know you can't live here like you have no money like what are you doing you quit your job you're making bad decisions and I was like I don't I just don't care anymore I don't care like I was preparing for homelessness you know I was it I was like I'm gonna live under a bridge 
And it, and it was like the greatest thing I ever did. And literally like the next day I go up to this, this uh, art show and it's a friend of mine's having an art show at this place. And so I'm talking to the, the guy that owns the gallery, Marcus, who, you know, and he's like, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, well, actually I just quit my job and you know, I donated my car and he's like, you're going to be a homeless. And I was like, well, I, I hope not. I think maybe I'll do art for a living. And he's like, well, you know, if you want, you can come here and do art. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, just, just show up. You can come here, make a space for yourself and you can just paint. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I just started riding my bike up there every day and, and like painting in a store. And uh, it, it was sort of like a glorified thrift store at the time. We just had a bunch of crap in there and paintings and, you know, trinkets and just, you know, art deco stuff. And he, he built models. And then it started failing. And, and then so I started helping him. And I'm like, well, I know how to frame. So we opened like a frame shop and a gallery. It was just a big mess of stuff that we were doing. But it was it was a great time. And that was it. That was that was the start of my career right there. That's awesome. And that was one of my, I guess, early LA shows. You you gave me an opportunity to show in this space. Once it it you it sort of towards the end it became more of a gallery up front and work yeah. in the back like a mullet. Yeah. That that was the whole goal of our store was to just stay open, you know. It wasn't to be a gallery, it wasn't to be a frame store. We we wanted to be able to not work. And that was the goal. And uh, we did it for a long time, and then it just got to a point where they, you know, the landlord tripled our rent, and that was that was the end. <laughs> it's it's such a typical story too for so yeah. many different people. Like I've heard it so many times. It's it it happens out there in the world. Lately, you've been really pushing your work to a, a new limit and a new audience. Over the last couple of years, we'll sort of fast forward. Um, I guess it seems like your recent book installations have been a sort of um, springboard. Pretty much. I mean, I was doing, I, I was showing with Black Market, you know, Kinsey's Gallery, and I had two shows there, and I did one book sculpture and didn't think that much of it, and it was the first thing. I always kind of worked on book pages and books and just records and crap, and I did this one book sculpture, and I was like, well, I don't... I don't know. It's kind of cool. And I brought it down to, you know, Jan and Dave and, and Jana was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You know? So she sticks it on the wall and we have the show. And like three days later, Rice university calls me and they were like, yeah, we want you to come do that here. And they flew me out and it was like a 16 by 44 foot wall. And I just kept saying, yes, yes, yes. And I, and, and inside I was dying. I was like, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. And and uh, my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she she was like, you know, just just do it, you know, it's not that big a deal. And I showed up at this place, and I had like they gave me four assistants. I had like a per diem. I had money. I had all the art supplies I could handle. They filled my my fridge full of beer and food, <laughs> and like I had a car, and like they picked me up. It was like the treatment, you know. I felt yeah. like a rock star. And I got to the space, and I had like a full anxiety attack. I just went like, oh my god. And, and I went to the lady. And I'm like, I got to be honest. This is this is pretty overwhelming. And she she took me in the room and she, she was like, Look, if you stood out there for ten days and painted something and you hate it, we'll tear it down. And you can do it again. She's like, Really, just be yourself and do whatever you want. That's what we want to see. And it it just like released all the anxiety and everything. And I was like, You know what? She's totally right. And that was it. Do you feel like having that opportunity? 
I think I, I talk about this often about how when we get jobs, like say you get a, a commission painting or you get like an illustration job, all of a sudden it turns into this different thing. Like there's a, a new set of pressures. Yeah. Are you finding that, that it's that same sort of idea, even going like being asked to do this big installation in, you know, is it part just almost like you're you're trying to please everybody that's going to be there as opposed to like when you're in the studio making your work and you decide what shows what yeah, what brought on the anxiety it's tough, yeah the, the time the time it's always a time thing you know it's like you have this amount of days to create this giant thing and that if you let it get to you it, it'll kill you inside you have to just really let go and just be like this is what i did you know I'm sorry, like you like it or you don't like it. And, and that's, that's kind of hard to deal with at first, but then, you know, I can look back and go like, Oh, that really worked or that didn't work, you know? And it, it's just a big growth. Right. It's, it's, a, it's just a matter of, yeah. it's a matter of just letting go of the fears, right? Sort of like what yeah. you did deciding like, okay, I'm not going to work this stupid job that I don't want to do. And I don't need this stupid car anymore. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a sense of just, uh, of freedom in that but there's also a sense of, of brevity I yeah it, it took me a long time i mean i've been doing these for a couple of years now and now i'm to the point where i can really you know sit back and and think these people want me to do this because they like what i'm doing and i feel okay with that and i don't feel the pressure anymore like they want to see what i'm doing that's it you know so now i can kind of do it i mean i still kind of freak out a little bit in the beginning but it's a lot less than it used to be that's good. It's it's a as long as it's being comfortable with yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And That's not tough to do, <laughs> especially in this business. Like you, yeah. you want everybody to love you, and you, you everybody's uh, everybody else's opinion is important for some reason. Sure, you know, and you can go like you know, it's so easy to say like you know, I just did this big giant installation in Italy, right, um, back in June, and it was a big piece. It was you know. 11 by 13 feet and I had like books and everything. I mean, it was crazy. And I had eight days to do the whole thing. Right. And then I get there and they're like, Oh, we're sorry. We don't have the books, you know? And, and then it was like, they didn't have the books for two days and then they were supposed to have a wall built and then they didn't build the wall. And then it was, then I, they didn't have my assistance. And so then I had four days to paint 11 by 13 foot wall and then oh you can't work after hours you know it's a train station sorry so then you're just you're painting the thing and I, I remember just sitting there like I was just so mad like painting like how am I gonna possibly paint this thing you know and then you finish and you're done and you're like oh it's not that bad you know it's, <laughs> it's the constant lesson man <laughs> it's just, that's where all the uh, that's where all the good stuff lives. It's in all yeah. the trials and tribulations until you're done, and then it's all pleasure from there. I'm always crying about time, you know. Yeah, there's plenty of it though. Yeah, there is. You make it. Yeah, you just gotta utilize it. Um, so, I mean, you before you got into doing the installations and stuff, you. The, Writing had been sort of a, a theme that ran throughout the work, even back in the old days, right? There were some references to writers, and you said you used old pages, and there were some book things even back then, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've always just really tried to avoid white surfaces, you know? that That's always what, what it's come down to. I just, just 
finding something that's been used is, is so much easier. It's so easy to pick up a discarded piece of something and paint on it because it's not so permanent, you know? It's not like, here's my canvas I painted, you know? I can I can just paint on a tire and, be, and then somebody's like, oh, that's cool, you painted on a tire. So it's kind of an easy way to, you know, not really commit. <laughs> I've yeah. heard, yeah, I've heard some people talk about how, like, they don't take something seriously if it's not on canvas. Or, like, I think somebody was saying, like, like, they don't take themselves seriously if they don't paint on the canvas. Like, there's, like, so, painting on, like, wood or something, like, is almost a devaluing to somebody. Yeah. No, it, I totally get it, man. It, it, now I don't care. Now I, it doesn't matter what I paint on. But I, I felt that way for a long time. I could oh, not too? paint on the canvas, yeah. It was, like, really intimidating and white and weird texture. And I was, I'd paint on anything besides that. I just gave somebody a canvas... Um critique or not a critique but a, a sort of tip because they were painting on canvas but not gessoing it before they painted it yeah so it was getting those nasty canvas bumps it looked like herpes yeah you know like the yeah. dry brush stroke nonsense yeah you know and you, you you don't learn how to like you know i didn't go to school for painting you know i never i never took a class so it was like everything i it was just me learning the wrong way and you know now i barely paint the right way like, I finally went, like, oh, you're supposed to do underpaintings? I never did underpaintings in my life. I didn't even know what an underpainting was, you know? <laughs> and now I do them, and I'm like, what an idiot, man. Like, I could have been doing this for so long, you know? Like, it's just it's just these little things you don't really pick up on, you know? Well, what's it like then for you, like, coming from a, a self-taught background, moving into some of these sort of higher institutions of art, like Rice University? You've been, you've been traveling in Europe, like you said, you're just in Italy, and... Uh, you did some stuff in London and, or was it Bristol? It's Bristol. Yeah, right? Bristol. Um, it it's, I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel insecure about it. I think like, oh, maybe I should actually go take some painting classes and really learn how to paint properly. Um, but then again, it's like I see the greatest painter that lives down the street that doesn't get any work, you know. So there's something else there. It's like they. You know, it's it's more than painting. It's more than scale. It's what you're doing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe if I started painting really good, nobody would like my work. I don't know, man. <laughs> I try not to think about it too much, you know. Yeah, sure. Well, like you said before, it's like it's people are appreciating the things that you're making. They're appreciating you, to, yeah. you know, that extension of you. So there's no... there's. I've been looking at things like there's no need to try to be someone that you're not, like... If you yeah. feel like making something, make it. And if you don't feel like making it, if you want to make something look one way, then make it look that way. Or yeah, you know, and, and you you always want to paint something different. You always want to paint different. You yeah, know, you have an idea of what you want to do, and then you do what you're doing, and you're like, that's not what I want to do. I want to do that thing over there. And so, I mean, I struggle with that a lot. It's like, I, like I'd love to, you know, have these really painterly giant canvases that i painted you know yeah. and then it's like i'm doing book installations in china <laughs> you know it's like i don't know man so i i try not to, i really just have been this year i've just been going with it i'm like you know this is this is a good job this is a good job i like this job right now yeah man you're doing great things i'd love to see uh the the rise yeah i can't um, wait you know i've been trying to you know, ditch the books for a little while, and then I keep getting these amazing gigs. Well, that's uh, is is that is there a concern about getting pigeonholed in terms of like 
you know, I talk about this a lot, like when things start to go well, how we have a tendency to fall into doing those things continuously. Yeah. yeah and that's sort of like, oh, there's the book guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I, no, I've been huge. the blue face guy for a while and I'm, I'm painting all red paintings now just to leave it alone. Yeah, definitely, man. You'll definitely get loopholed and pigeonholed into that, like that, that term, I guess. Um, but I'm also the kind of person that would leave it all behind and just do something else anyway. Yeah. So I don't really care about it. Like you can't pigeonhole somebody that's not going to do it anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I did that. I, that's something I did. So it's 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 not something I'm going to do forever, for sure. It's just something I'm doing. You uh, you recently moved out of Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm right outside of Los Angeles in Altadena. Mark Dean Vecca lives out that way, too, right? Yeah, he lives like about a block away. Yeah, he was and, on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I heard that. That was a good one. Nice, yeah. And he, I saw him and his son down here in San Diego for Comic-Con. Okay, they're super rad. Yeah, he's uh, also Cleon Peterson lives down the street as well. Yeah, I remember he used to went right. He used to work with Black Market right before I started working with them mm-hmm. um, in in San Diego in the nineties. Um, yeah, but right. he was gone by the time. I think I don't know where he went, but he was gone by the time I started. I started working over there. Yeah, but um. So you just got? Did you just get you? You didn't just get back from Italy. You were just working on a project, right? Just recently, because we've been trying to yeah. get you on the show, but you've been crazy yeah, I just, busy. I just did a, a big project for China. For, for, it, yeah, it's this uh, really high-end retail store in Beijing called Joyce, and it, it's sort of like a boutique, but it's—I mean, like a pair of underwear is like six hundred dollars, you know. When you say you did it for China, you like did it for like the government of China. No, I did it for Joyce, the the uh, retail store. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought maybe. Well, I didn't know if China owned owned Joyce as a part of its entity. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did that project come about? Dude, they they emailed me and they're like, "Yeah, we want uh, thirty pieces from you, in in a month." I thought and I was I, like, that, "That's not possible." <laughs> You know, and, and so I was like, well, can I do it? And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to hire like two people to help me. And I'm like, it can be done. It's just going to be, it's going to suck, you know? So I gave them a, a a price that I was happy with and they didn't like my price. So that, then we sort of negotiated and came down to, okay, we want 10, but we want them in three weeks. And that was, that was more, it was still a lot of work, but uh, doable. Yeah. And so I said, okay, you know, that's cool. I need a deposit. And they sent me a check, like, for the full amount the next day. Wow. And did, that was it. No other email, no nothing. And I was just like, that's so weird, man. This is, this is not how things usually go down, you know? And yeah, so said, that sounds are, great. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, do whatever you want. Cool. We'll pick it up on the 15th, and that's all. So I, was, I just went in the studio and painted for three weeks. I was hoping you were going to do the email in a Chinese accent like you did the Italian accent. Oh, uh, yeah. It would have been so <laughs> I didn't good. hear their voices, so I didn't want to, <sighs> you know. Damn it. Been Hi-go. a good sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Italians were awesome, though. They were hilarious. Fun. That was a weird experience, Italian, when I was in Italy. Yeah, shit's getting kind of wild out there in Europe, especially around that the Mediterranean. With you know, they're having like severe uh, financial disorder, much like our our own country. But you know, with Greece defaulting and 
one of their other neighboring countries, it's like shit is not looking good for for that area. Was it? Was that no. sort of noticeable? No, not at all. Nobody no one gives a fuck, huh? Yeah, all, all the people that I was kind of working with too, um, they they all make a lot of money, and you know, yeah. they're, they're they're well off, so they don't care about that stuff. <laughs> Well, where else did did you do some more tra- some other traveling in Europe besides? I, I... Yeah, we uh, I was in Italy for eight days, and then I flew to Paris and met my wife, and we went, you know, Paris to Berlin, and then we went through Croatia, uh-huh. and uh, and then we went to Prague, and then Budapest, and came home. How was that? It was, it was amazing. It was the best trip I've ever had for sure. What uh? What were some of the experiences that you had out there? Is, is there some things that stood out, or like some places that were that were more interesting than others? I mean, I think Croatia was pretty cool. We we rented a car and and drove from you know the the south to the north, and you you hear about the wars that go on, and you, you think, but when you're actually there, you drive through these these little towns, and it's it's like miles and miles and miles of houses with like machine gun fire all through the town like crazy like tank holes everything and nobody nobody could afford to repair it all so yeah. it's, just, it, it's it's pretty insane man you're just like this is wild did you feel like a connection back to your homeland did you have any sort of like homeland you know like uh like reacquaintances no not really no <laughs> I'd like to say I did, but I didn't. Isn't that weird as sort of like white, straight male Americans, like this sort of yeah. disconnect from a heritage where like, you know, like if you're a Mexican, you're you're referred to as Mexican or you yeah. know, if you're black, you have this sort of connection to Africa. Sure. But like as like typical white guys, like, yeah. like, like you know, I have scotch irish english but i don't ever refer to myself as any of those things and i yeah, really don't I, i'm like german english like all sorts of stuff as well but there's no real connection to any of that right but at the no. same time i don't really feel like a connection as an american even yeah i mean i like in germany i saw my name on the wall it, it said stilky but it didn't have the y and i know that they dropped the y when they came over here and I went, oh my god, there's my name, and I ran over, and it was like a luggage store, and I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, no. I have no some need to go back to go to Scotland because yeah, we're my... gonna go next year to Scotland. I'm trying to set it up. Uh, the guy who does my tattoos goes out there all the time for uh, yeah. for tattoo stuff, mm-hmm. and I've just recently found a gallery on Facebook that's like an hour away, I think in Edinburgh. And uh, I'm gonna try to set something up just to go out there and do a show and and see it. But it's yeah. that we I want to have that weird connection back to the homeland for some. I know. I, I'm gonna we're gonna hit Scotland and Ireland next year. Yeah, that's I I I need to get that on the on the itinerary. How was Paris? Amazing. It was great. It's so fun. Have you been? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of touristy, and there's parts of it that I don't like, but. Overall, it's just the the city is amazing. I guess Beautiful. during a certain part of the year, a lot of the locals leave for a, an extended period of time, right? And it's a, basically all tourists. Yeah, that part I could live without. Um, but you know, you can ride a bike around the whole city and just go down to the canal and go down to the river and drink on the river and it's it's beautiful man one thing that's funny now that i said that i don't feel like i have a connection as an american when i was overseas i i felt a real disconnect from being european for sure 
and yeah. I felt away from home. Like no doubt, like I was on foreign soil, and it felt pretty good to come back home. Yeah, I I don't even feel that way anymore. Now I don't want to leave when I'm there. I kind of think like, oh, I could live here in a like even being in like Berlin. Just riding bikes around the city and just the, the the way things work and there was good music and good food and just you think you know I, I should move to Berlin everywhere I go now I'm like I'm moving I'm gonna move to Croatia tomorrow or <laughs> you, you ever, come home and you're like yeah I couldn't live there do you think you'll ever do that or do you think you're, you're uh, we always talk about it you know but we have so many cats and. And we have we bought a house and we have so many responsibilities now. I don't think it's gonna happen. You're an animal lover, right? Yeah, for sure. How many cats do you got? We have four indoor cats, and then outside there's seven. Wow. Yeah. And so, are they sort? Do you pick up? Do new strays come in? Like feral cats, part of become part yeah, of the plan? Yeah, it's just it's this massive feral cat colony up, up and down our whole street and block. Plus the so cats they, are they kind of love our backyard, and I'll live back there. And they come in my studio when I'm painting. It's Brad. I like it. No dogs. No dogs. Full on cat guy. You paint. You I know paint I would cats be a dog, but you know we're not ready for that. Yeah, it's a lot. But there's something. Uh, cats are a lot more independent than than our wolf buddies. Mine's probably wanting to go out here shortly. A little shit. Sleeping over there. I'm a dog guy. I. You know, it's weird. I. I don't necessarily not like cats. Maybe this is Harold. But I don't have a, much affinity for them. Like yeah. I, I like I I wouldn't go out of my way to get a cat. But I would and they, what's really funny is my girl is Crystal, she's super in love with cats. And if we go into a place where there's a cat and sit down on the couch, the cat will come to me and not to her, even though she'll be like <laughs> like doing all the cat noises, like, come here, kitty, kitty. And I'll just be sitting there with my arms crossed, folded, just, and it'll, every time it'll come over to me. And like, I'm the, I'm the same way. They come all, they always come to me. Dogs do too. I think I just look like a giant animal, though. <laughs> that's, I think they're, that's what, we're having a discussion about <laughs> man and animal not being different. And I think that's, that must be part of it. Cause I think I'm still pretty much just an animal. Yeah, they're like, oh, let's go get warm. Let's yeah. go get warm on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just exude heat. It's probably all that facial hair, son. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they like that. Mine, I'd look... Well, I got a short-haired dog, so I, I kind of match. I got the short P- beard. Petey, right? Yeah, Pete Dog. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him on the on the web. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's internet famous. He's yeah. got a, he's had his portrait painted a ton of times, too. Like, oh, yeah? I just, we must have five or six portraits of him that other people have done. <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, so I guess are you trying to take some time to settle down now, or are you right back into the mix of being crazy full of work? You got some, no, you got dude, some plans? I'm crazy full of work right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually doing the uh, front window of Amoeba Music in LA, up, like in the next couple weeks. So I got to do that, and I'm doing an installation at Pulse Fair in LA, mm-hmm. which is going to be in September, and I'm also curating a show in October at Labas Projects. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 super busy right now. Good. Well, um, thank you for taking the time to do the show, my friend. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Let's um let's plug let's plug your website and you're on the Facebooks. Are you you're on the Twitter? Yeah, you're yeah. not on the Twitters, huh? No Twitter. How come, dude? So many. So many artists are not on Twitter. 
I, I don't even know what it is, man, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I like somebody will Twitter something and I'll look at it and I'm like, what? Why didn't they just write that on Facebook or something? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I know. That's the story. Yeah. Artists uh, are very similar in that way. <laughs> they just don't give a fuck. It's like, what are you, you're like, I'm eating Taco Bell right now and you, you hit Twitter and that's it. Like, so somebody knows you're at Taco Bell. If, if that's what you want to put out into the world about Taco Bell, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a, uh, it's a slimmed down version of Facebook, yeah. you know. Of like an email. Yeah. Right. I don't know. You don't have to be on there, but it just makes it so I have something to Twitter at somebody if you're yeah. on there. I got, a, I got the website, though, on the yeah, Facebook. Let's, let's get that stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, website's MikeStilkey.com, and Facebook is just Mike Stilkey, I think. Are you going to get on Twitter after this? Yeah, right. Like, I'm going to go to Taco Bell yeah. right after I get my Twitter account, and that's going to be my first tweet. I really, really hope you do that today. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'll retweet it if you do. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, thank you very much for you. taking the time. I appreciate All right, it. Thank you. Let's do Internet Dap. Boom. Bang. All right, man. All right, my friend. Have a great day. You too. Later. Later. Well, folks, I'm going down to St. James Infirmary to see my little baby now she's stretching along white table. Well, she looks so good, so cold, so fair. bones and put them back together tell your mother that you're somebody new feel the breeze blow and tell them I look out here it comes now I can say whatever I feel like to you then give me six crap shooting ball bearers